Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Cameron Norris. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you so much. Awesome, awesome. What a fabulous day the Lord has given us. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. But before we break open the bread of life, let me invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts that we're able to see what we're to see, hear what we're to hear, and then in flesh the Word of God to the world, being those invitations to that eternal banquet, signposts to points to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Come, Holy Spirit, into our hearts and enkindle in our hearts the fire of your love. Set our hearts ablaze with love that we may take that blaze into the world and be lights and signposts that point to the eternal reality, the eternal exchange of love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this meeting to give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Let us, let us enflesh this word of God that we break open today, that we may see and hear what we're to hear, and let us be that vessel of your mercy, your compassion, your love in this world, which so desperately needs it. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Cameron, do you mind giving us a little gospel love? It'd be an honor. Again, we're in the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. Then they came to Capernaum, and on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching, and he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. In their synagogue, was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. You know, again, as you read it again, I just look at this, you know, this teaching of Jesus having authority, but yet the authority at the times were scribes and Pharisees in the synagogue. And it's like, well, well what's the difference between the two? And I really took this to prayer to try and understand it, because the scribes, they knew the, the Old Testament scriptures inside out, front, backwards. They could recite them. It was amazing. They had them on their tassels. They had them put them on their foreheads. They knew the word of God. Here's what's key in their heads. They could repeat it. They could speak it. They could share it. But here's the difference. When Jesus, having that authority and the gift of the Holy Spirit, empowering those words of the gospel, that comes from the heart and pierces the heart. The scribes had the words, but they were lacking 
that relationship with Jesus Christ, the gift of the Holy Spirit, which gives you the power and the authority to pierce the heart of a listener, and then the words don't come back void. So what we see is these same people that are going into these synagogues, listening to the scribes every week on the Sabbath, well, those words now are spoken by Jesus, but spoken with a power and an authority that the spirit within them recognizes. That seed of faith has that that aha moment. It's like living water's been poured on it. And they're like, whoa, what do we have here? So that's what I gather because, you know, we've got to be so careful, you know, as not only just laity, but as priests and pastors, as bishops, we've got to be so careful to make sure we are fully grounded in Christ, that we continue to invite that Holy Spirit in so that everything we speak as we are called to enflesh the word of God as Jesus did, that it's pure and it's holy and it has that power of Christ to pierce the heart of our listeners. So that what? So that it doesn't become void and just lip service, that it becomes a true invitation from the heart of Christ within us to the heart of Christ within them. And you know how you stay away from lip service? Um, you put actions behind it. And, and this... I think part of what we're reading here, it talks about what Jesus was known for. So in in the second half of this, it says, All were amazed, and they asked each other, What is this, a new teaching with authority? All the people were amazed. What were they amazed at? They weren't amazed that he could quote Scripture. They weren't amazed that he had this um, incredible knowledge base. They were amazed that there was power and there was authority that his words had actions behind them. When he said, quiet, come out of him, the unclean spirit obeyed him. So there wasn't just uh, saying the right thing at the right time, but it, but there was actually substance to his words. And I, and I think we run into those instances all the time, right? We, sometimes maybe there's the the right thing to say, but then there's really the right thing to say. You know, not just the polite thing to say, but sometimes we all need correction or we need teaching. To, to withhold that from somebody doesn't do anybody any good. Um, in, in the last uh, sentence here, it says, his fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. And you, when you think of a region... It said everywhere throughout the whole region. I'm thinking of this is men, women, children, the shepherds, the craftsmen, the the people in the market, the people at the Senate. Everywhere his fame spread. And and the question comes to mind: what do we want to be famous for? Do we want to be famous for pointing to ourselves? Do we want to be famous for something that the world is going to applaud, or do we want to be famous for advancing the kingdom? Do we want to be famous for how we loved people? Think of somebody like Mother Teresa. What did she want to be famous for? She she wanted to be famous for being an open vessel for the love of the Father to flow through to every single person she encountered. And, and, and you can see the ripple effects that we still have today through her walk, through her life, the things that she did. So, so I think it's fair to ask ourselves the question, what do I want to be famous for? Um, yeah, we, we can see here that Jesus, it said his fame spread everywhere. He wasn't going after fame. 
he wasn't going after that, but he was addressing a situation that needed to be addressed in the synagogue, right? In this story, it says, in their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. And, and I'm not trying to read into this or add anything to it, but the man with the unclean spirit was already in the synagogue. And the other people there, they were okay with it. They, they, they weren't addressing it, at least. And, and maybe they didn't know that that authority and that power existed. Um, but like our lives today, I mean, it's 2024. So during my lifespan has been after Jesus has came to the earth, died, resurrected, and we have the power of the Holy Spirit. So, so we have a different reality than they had. But this new way of thinking that there is a... There's light that can shine on darkness, and darkness has to flee. Um, that should be something that we sh- that should be tangible to us. We should be able to walk in a situation, to walk into a room, to walk home, to to walk into our houses, to walk into our businesses, to walk into our group of friends, and bring light. And when darkness senses that light, it it doesn't want to be there anymore. I I, I think that's one of the callings of our lives. And you pointed it out here. So Jesus walked in, and in the synagogue was a man. Let's stop there. That man we need to see with the eyes of love. He's a precious son of the Father, created in the image of God. He has a seed of faith in his heart. And Jesus saw that. That's why he separated him and said, a man. Then he went on to say, with an unclean spirit. In other words, there was an attachment of something that wasn't healthy that Jesus saw. Physically, doctors see cancer and things that have to be removed. Well, Jesus saw with his spiritual eyes, his unclean spirit. And he spoke not of the man and say, you're a sinner, you do this, you stop that. Right. The man is a precious son of the father, and then he has a problem in that an unclean spirit has attached itself to him. And with that, Jesus then talks to the spirit. He binds and casts out the spirit. And I find it interesting because the spirit, number one, recognizes who it is. It's Jesus and others recognize he has the power to destroy us. I love that, us. Because us isn't talking about the man. Us is talking about more than likely the legion of demons right. that potentially are present. You know, knows who he is, knows he's the Holy One of God. He knows he's the Son of God. He knows it. And he then is obedient when Jesus tells him what to do. He, he's obedient and does it. So he believes in Jesus Christ. He knows Jesus Christ. He has faith he's the Son of God. He has, he's obedient to the Son of God, but what's he lacking? Because isn't that all you need for salvation? (laughs) Isn't that the, the, you're good to go? Just believe in your good? No. That's what's so important about Scripture. We've got to keep plumbing the Scriptures. What's he missing? He's missing the person that's talking to him. He's missing love. Without love, in the book of James, um, faith is dead without, without works of love. And works of love are dead without faith. The right. two work together. So right. he's missing the ingredient standing right there. Jesus Christ, he's missing love. And out of fear, you know, are you here to destroy us? Out of fear, he, you know, he, he's, he's quaking because he knows what God can do. So ladies and gentlemen, as I look at this, and as we look at people that are not in a healthy place, I'm thinking of myself driving home today. A man gave me a one finger wave. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea who he is. I don't know why. I have no idea why he did it. 
But sooner than get offended, I'm like, you know what he needs? Prayer. Right. So I said, Father, you know who that man is. I don't. You know what his issues are. Father, I ask you to please pour out a special grace on that man to help him to repent of his sins and come to know you, love you, and serve you. So for me, given this authority and this power in Jesus Christ in the name, you know, claiming our identity in Christ, it's powerful. And let's not have fear out there and, and ask God for those spiritual eyes to see so that we can recognize when someone's unhealthy and then separate that person from what the cancer that's unhealthy, the spiritual cancer, and then attack that spiritual cancer with the authority we're given us through the gift of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's bind it. Let's, let, let's, let's call it out and let's help that person get set free through, again, the prayer that's God given us, greatest gift of love we can give to these people. That's so good. And, and back to what you were saying about Jesus pointed out that there was a man and separating the man from the unclean spirit. The beginning of this talks about Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. People were astonished at his teaching. He was one that taught with authority. So what is Jesus teaching us here? I think one of the things he's teaching us is how to take aim, so to speak. He doesn't take aim at the person. He doesn't take aim at the precious Son of God, or Son of the Heavenly Father. He takes aim at the unclean spirit. And, and a practical thought that comes to mind is our kids, they respond the best and I don't think it's just our kids, they respond the best in times of correction when we talk to them with the, with the mindset of, let, let's, say, let's say they didn't have a good day, and let's just narrow it down and say they didn't have a good day at school. If we start the conversation with, you're better than this, it's, it's calling out who they actually are, as opposed to accusing them of, you know what? You always do this, or 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 why do you do this, or why do you do that? Instead, we speak to them who they actually are. Let them know that they're better than this. Let them know that they that they know right from wrong. They know how to make good choices, uh, and, and and I think that's something we all get to do as well. Um, back to your story about running into somebody this morning. I'm thinking I just went to the the grocery store. And on the back of a truck, it had a decal on it, and it said "addicted to alcohol," like a like a bumper sticker decal. And the only reason I looked at the truck is because there was a husband and wife in front of me, and they stopped their cart as they were leaving, and they were looking at it, and they were they were frowning upon it. You could tell by their body language they were pointing at it and looking like, "How sad is that?" Uh, so as I walked by. I got right next to them, and I looked and saw what it was, and I said, what, what a perfect sign for us to know that that's somebody that we need to be praying for. And they looked at me like, who's this guy behind me, and what are you doing getting in our conversation? You know, they're, they're, oh, yeah. in, the, they're in the middle of criticizing. Who, who, who in their right mind, basically, you could tell with their body language and their their hand gestures and the tone of their voice. I, I don't know exactly what words they were saying, but you could tell they were, you know, what, what, a, what a terrible thing to have in our community. And instead, having those eyes to say, what, what a perfect bumper sticker to have to know that every time this comes to mind, that that is somebody that we need to be praying yeah. for. The person is precious. They have 
let's call it, let's relate it to the scripture today, an unclean spirit. And, and know this about unclean spirits. Unclean spirits don't just want to destroy the people around you in the room. When we let an unclean spirit take hold in our lives, it also wants to destroy us. So it, it, in this example, this man that was in the synagogue with the unclean spirit, he didn't want to just work through that man to cast darkness on the people around him and whatever the unclean spirit was or how it was manifesting or what it was doing or spreading whatever it was spreading, understand it also wanted to destroy that person. Uh, They have no respect for the people around them or the people that they inhabit. And and, and you can see this when when Jesus says, quiet, come out of him, says the unclean spirit convulsed him. These things that we can let into our lives, they want nothing but the worst for us. And to be able to have those spiritual eyes to see those things, it could be as simple as unforgiveness. If we let unforgiveness take root in us, and and trust me, it'll do it with logic, and it'll give you reasons, and it'll give you all the reasons why you should be able to hold on to this thing, um, the unclean spirit does not want what's best for you. To, so to be able to recognize that, to step out of that, to to address what the root cause of that is, to take it down at the root issue, um, it doesn't just make the world around you a better place, it makes you a better place. And with you being, a better, being better, it makes the world better. You know, yesterday was my birthday, so I celebrated my birthday. Woo! And the kids got me a cake, and somebody else got me a cake, and somebody else brought me cupcakes, and I did go to work, and I worked really hard, and I had some tough meetings. But it was a, like a Zoom day, and I, I got I got home a little late, and my wife wasn't happy. It was my second time getting I'm home. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you were part of that. Yes. Second time getting home late that week, which is a sign of disrespect. But, you know, I figured, hey, you know, it's my birthday, and my daughter called, and it was a FaceTime. I had all the good excuses, but it, it it started a root of bitterness. And so we went out to dinner with our friends. We had a great time at dinner, and a couple things were said that kind of didn't, didn't sit well with me. And next thing you know, we didn't talk at all the whole way home. And next thing I know, we didn't talk once we got home. Next thing I know, I went down to the couch because I felt like I'm unhealthy. If I stay here, it's not going to be pretty. Mm. And I'm like, all right, so what do we recognize? You know, as I reflected, I'm I'm crying out to the Lord. I'm like, oh, Lord, please help me here. Well, wherever there's division, wherever there's separation, wherever there's bitter roots, whatever there's these things, the enemy's present. So then recognize that there's an attack, spiritual. Bingo. And then I, and then I said, okay, what's my role? I got to put up, a, I put up a, a mirror and say, okay, what was my role? The disrespect of being late twice. They were important to my wife and I didn't, I didn't show they were important because I was late. Okay, that's my role. I need to apologize and boom, boom, boom. So I went up to bed about one in the morning, got up this morning, didn't talk to her. She said like a brief high. I said a brief high. And then I was going to go off to, to gospel reflections and I was going to go off to church because I needed help. I, I was not healthy. So I told my wife, you know, or so, so then my wife, thank you, Lord, reached out to me first and we started to come together. And she said, what can I do to help you? Because she knew I had a tough day. I said, quite honestly, what I'd like you to do, I'm not healthy and I know it. I know that the enemy got into me. 
I know the enemy was present last night, and I know he's present now, and I know I play a role in that. So I'm going to go to Gospel Reflections, and I'm going to go to Mass, and I'm going to ask God to reveal to me what my issues were. The only thing you can do for me is this. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what your role was. I said, that's the only thing I want you to do for me. And I'm going to tell you right now, God used that to open her spiritual eyes, my spiritual eyes. It was precious. Wow. So wherever division or wherever there's anything like that, recognize the unclean spirits that are hitting husbands and wives because the enemy hates marriage between one man and one woman. Hates it. Hates it. So when we take our authority over that and we ask the Holy Spirit and God to reveal to us our role, we apologize and ask for forgiveness, with which my wife did, which I did, both forgiven. The healing is amazing. And then it's like, okay, Lord, now keep me a little bit sharper on guard to not let this grow into a bitter root, because that's what happened. So again, this unclean spirit, we read a story from over 2,000 years ago. Ladies and gentlemen, it can happen in our marriages. It can happen between a you know a, a, a father and a, and a child. I'm telling you, if it's not, if you're not experiencing the fruit of the spirit, the peace, the love, the joy, the gentleness, the patience, if you're not experiencing the fruit of the spirit, you are not being led by the spirit. I don't care what you're going through. Mm-hmm. If you're ex- experiencing anxiety, frustration, irritation, beard or roots, guess what? The enemy's in your camp. He made it past your guards. He's in your heart. Go to God, get help. For me, I thank God I'm Catholic. I go to Mass and I say, hey, Lord, okay, here, real simple. Jesus on the Sabbath went to the synagogue. One of the Ten Commandments is keep holy the Sabbath. That's why the church says we, we are called to go to church every week. Why? Because we have to? No. Because God knows we need to. Right. We go to church to do what? To worship God. We go to ta- church to what? To thank God. We go to church, why? To also be taught by Jesus. If you don't go to Mass to be taught by Jesus, listening to the words of the Psalms, the Proverbs, the Old Testament, the New Testament, and even when God, through the Holy Spirit, uses the priest or the deacon you're there to learn. You're not, you shouldn't go there because it's what I have to do. That's like saying, I have to do this for my wife because, you know, she's my wife. Right. That's not love. Right. So for me, again, back to the scripture, I want to go to church. In fact, I try to go every day to daily mass. I need to stay filled up. I need the full armor on. I need a spiritual eyes to see, the spiritual ears to hear, and a heart to respond with love. So for me, that was my woo so battle good. with the unclean spirit right. last night. It was totally evident, but the key was I identified it for my wife and myself. I knew it wasn't her. I knew it wasn't me, right. but we both played a role right, right. in our going along with it. Right, yeah, and, and the Bible talks about that in John 10, 10. It says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So if there's death, that's his fingerprints are all over that. If there's theft... The enemy's fingerprints are all over that. If destruction 
if breaking apart unity, that, that is the fingerprints of the enemy. If you want to see the fingerprints of God, you're going to see unity. You're going to see righteousness. You're going to see peace. You're going to see joy. And here's the reality, Cameron, as you just share that. I said these words to my wife, my joy on my birthday was stolen yesterday. Wow. And it wasn't you that did it, but I know who it was. Wow. That's calling out the spirit. That's it. That's exactly what happened. And, and I think that's key for us. And, and and you have mature eyes, to spiritual eyes to see those things. I think that's important for us. Recognize what the root cause is. Recognize what is actually taking place. Jesus taught this example. He did not put this man up in front of everybody and publicly humiliate and shame, and this guy made this choice at this time, and this, and this, and this, and his all these things. No, he said, unclean spirit, get out of him. Which is what I did. I called him. Yeah. I said, you're not welcome in my bedroom. Yes. I'm telling you, you have the authority, you have the power, you got to call it out. Yep, that's Too right. many times we want to rail back against our spouse. Are you crazy? Yeah. You're playing right into the hand of the enemy. Yeah, yeah. It's not your spouse. Yeah. So I'll share a, a, a quick story here. Um, last night, our oldest daughter, she was she was playing a, a video game and she was playing it with her friend, you know, through, through the phone. And it was at a time where she wasn't supposed to be doing it. And she knew, and we talked about it I don't know, 10 times every day for the last three months. So it was clear this wasn't a time, this wasn't a place to be playing the game. So I turned the game off. She was like, Dad, what are you doing? I said, you know you're not allowed to be playing that game right now, right here. And she just ran off crying. And immediately my heart broke. I was like, oh, no, what did I do? I mean, I take very intentional, like, I, I want to be a good dad to the kids. So I'm like, okay, I, I definitely missed something here. I, I felt like I was doing what I should have been doing. And immediately I went and found my wife and I said, hey, I just turned her game off because of this. And she goes, oh, I didn't tell you. I told her if she did these three homework assignments to get caught up for the next two weeks, because we have a couple of things busy with our schedule, that she could have this as a reward. Oh, so guess what I had to do? She was in my room crying. I got on my knees, opened the door. I crawled into my room and I said, I need forgiveness. And she picked her head up from her arms and she said, she ran over and hugged me. And she said, I need forgiveness too. I shouldn't have ran off. And it was like a beautiful exchange of, but I, I can remember times in my life when I was younger, I wish, those reactions would have happened. And, and I think that's a gift for all of us. So I, I share that story as encouragement for you. Have spiritual eyes to see, have spiritual ears to hear, and do what Jesus did. Take aim at the right things. God bless everyone. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717 367 0100.
Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.